Welcome to the Service Management Leadership Podcast with Jeffrey Tiefertiller. Welcome back to another Service Management Leadership Podcast, where we have returning guests, David Cannon and Roman Zhurevlev, talking about trends in the service management area. This week, we're looking at value streams and processes, one of the four dimensions of service management, and just talking about what some of those trends are. Roman, why don't we let you start with what you see those trends? Because I started the last two times. Shall we, shall we allow David to start this one? Let's let David start. You got a, you got a long memory, Roman. Um, okay. Um, hi, everybody. Uh, good to be back again. All right. Um, it, so I think probably the over overarching thing for me, the trend for me moving forward is a greater appreciation for both products and services in the value stream. So there's three things there. One is the value stream. I think, first of all, you know, most of us are familiar with the concept of a value stream. Very few of us in our organizations have actually gone into end of defining what those value streams are. So we're going to need to do that. I'm taking that kind of for granted. But within that, you're going to find that at certain points, you're going to need to take a more product management approach, which is an approach that's based on, um, on, on understanding manufacturing processes and how they work and how they're managed. And at other times, you're going to need to take a more service-based approach, which is uh, a way of looking at dynamic demand on a, um, you know, on, on, a, on a system or, or a set of systems. And both services and products are required in order to uh, in order to achieve value. Uh, they're both used in value streams. So if we, if we're going to be effective at co-creating value within our organizations, we are going to have to reconcile differences between those who follow a more product management approach and those who have followed more of a service management approach. They're both absolutely essential. And, um, you know, that is going to be a feature of organizations moving forward over the next uh, few years is figuring out how to get those two different ways of working to work together. And an example of this is, uh, is in the value stream itself. We talk about a technique like value stream mapping, uh, which comes out of more of a product management approach or manufacturing approach. Uh, it It's... Um, if you take it just as it stands, what you're going to do is look at a sequence of activities and try and analyze them to see where you can drive out waste. But when you look at it from an end-to-end -end value service um, or from a service management point of view, you're not only going to look at how you drive out waste, you're also want, you're going to want to know whether the um, whether the service or whether the value stream actually met its um, met its objectives. Not only that, but you're wanting to know whether the consumer of that value stream was able to achieve their outcomes. So, you you know, to to make full use of this technique, you really want to go a little bit further than the than the original technique itself specified. And that's an example of how we want to take product and service management and apply them. Um, to to using techniques that have been around for decades. Um, 
so for you know for example let's let's figure out how to apply lean more effectively across the value stream let's figure out how to how to apply um you know so, some of the some of the processes within ITIL more effectively across the value uh, across the value stream um and whatever we do please let's not confuse ITIL uh, processes with value streams right incident management is not a value stream it's it's a process or a, a, in a broader sense a practice um and it is used to support or is one of the many things that supports the proper functioning and achievement of value within the organization so i think i think organizations uh, in the next few years are really going to be looking at products and services how to create their value streams and how to identify the way in which different groups in the organization collaborate uh, to uh, to meet that value um, I think the second thing, go back a little bit towards the employee discussion that we had. So the people and uh, the, the people uh, component of our, our trends, which we did in the first week. And I think it's very important that when we're talking about value streams, that we do not place too much emphasis on any single group within that value stream. That all groups need to figure out how to get behind the overarching goal of the value stream and one of the trends that is uh, that is going on right now is this whole thing of uh, employee experience which is great uh, we want to make sure that employees feel valued safe and that they are contributing effectively to the organization what we don't want to do is say uh the employee experience of having a good time while using your PC is more important than achieving the objectives of the organization. And so very important as we're going through, as we're going through the value streams as we're, you know, that we keep these important initiatives in balance that yes, employees and their experience are very important, but so is the experience of our uh, of our contractors and our suppliers. And so is the experience of our customers. They all have to be balanced. And yes, sometimes you have to focus more on one than the other, but the whole concept of value stream is about achieving balance between all of these stakeholders. And the one final thing I'll say about this is the um, is this recognition I think that came in ITIL four. Uh, I had nothing to do with this, but I read it with great interest. It, it was um, a really good direction in ITIL four, where they differentiated between cooperation and collaboration. Where in cooperation you have two teams working together so that each of them can achieve their own objectives, but in collaboration it is two teams getting together, figuring out what they have in common, and then both working to achieve that common objective. And I think that is what we're going to see more and more of in organizations. It's not just two, three, four teams in an organization figuring out how they get to meet their own objectives by participating in value streams. It's going to be more about how do we, how do we have the discussion about what is important to both of us? And how do we both get behind that? And that requires a different, again, a, gift, a different governance model, uh, a different way of, uh, of working. It requires uh, a lot of uh, multifunctional 
uh, styles of working. So we're going to see more of that. Um, uh, yeah, I, th I think, yeah, that's 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 and what that I wanted to say. Not there you only go. to our collaboration or cooperation in the context of previous streams within the organization, it also applies to our, our to suppliers and partners. That's Sometimes right, exactly. To organizations for share goals that they try uh, achieving together. And it's on one hand important to where it's applicable to acknowledge that this evolution from just cooperating to or achieve some temporary coinciding objectives or mutually enforcing objectives uh, to achieving something really common and shared. And the other, on the other hand, uh, it's important to not um, expect that every service relationship or every joint work will become a true partnership, a true collaboration. Sometimes uh, keeping the distances is all right, uh, uh, sticking to your own objectives is all right, but it's important to tell these situations from one, one from the other and uh, manage them accordingly. And so, that brings so me just to uh, yeah. on yes. that, Roman, just before you move yeah. to the next point, I think this differentiation between the type of relationships that you have Sometimes it's important to keep it into a basic relationship where you have a very clear supplier customer kind of relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and you again, mentioned uh, our yeah. cloud providers many times in uh, our previous podcasts. And uh, uh, with them, are quite often, are it's purposefully left at the basic level because of their uh, high level of standardization of the services, because of their, uh, let's say, commodity our essence of the services are they need to stay at the basic level they cannot if you start tailoring your uh, cloud services too much you lose significant part of the cloud benefits and uh, coming back to uh, the topic of various streams and processes and some important differentiations that we are uh, that, that, that we've made uh, in, in idle previously and that we observed in the real life as well. No, in, in, uh, in the past, idle was seen as a source of uh, processes, which included procedures, which were detailed down to work instructions. And that was kind of all right, because we were trying to bring more order in the way the things are done in a service management space. But in the wonderful VUCA environment we all live in, uh, the attempts of bringing more order are, in many cases, uh, are, are just the waste of time. You cannot order uh, what is not necessarily chaotic, but complex or complicated by, by, by its nature. And what we do right now in ITIL and uh, what we have to do in real life as well, uh, we need to make sense of the situations and uh, uh, deal with those situations accordingly within the practices that we know. I will, I will use it just incident management because it's, it's always used as an example because everyone thinks that they understand incident management. Um, if we deal with some well-known incidents that keep repeating for one or another reason and that they are well-known, we can actually kind of standardize them. I don't I hate the idea of standard incidents, but they are well known. They are repeating. They may be provided with a, a, a very detailed script of how to deal with them. 
reset that, replace that, explain those things, and uh, it will be fixed. But obviously not all incidents are like this. And some incidents just cannot be provided with a clear procedure. They need some analytical work, and this is where we go into complicated space, and this is where we need to do some analysis and apply some subject matter knowledge and uh, figure out something that wasn't known before this moment, but which is knowable. Uh, and in some other situations, such as major incident, we cannot do better than swarming and brainstorming in that swarm and finding some uh, uh, new views on this situation, because it's not, uh, it's not possible to explore and solve this incident within the competence of, of one team by just traditional, what we used to call functional escalation. You cannot find the right team to assign this incident to because there is no one single team that can deal with it. And the more, uh, let's say, uh, safe to fail systems we have, the more self-healing systems we have, the higher the chances that significant incidents will require this type of uh, uh, complex approach, complexity-based complexity approach and uh, different, different heuristics in dealing with them. And this is why I believe that perce perception of uh, processes within our value streams should change and will be changing. We do not see them as a step-by-step -step instruction uh, of how things should be done in order to succeed. We see them as a generic direction, general direction, and uh, some areas that are likely to be uh, needed to be done, uh, but uh, are it will require uh, more, um, let's say, um, analytical work or uh, joint work or uh, some other techniques, uh, not, on, not, not on this warming I mentioned, uh, in order to figure out what is happening. And still, within the same process, we still deal with this incident from registration to investigation to resolution, but the ways we do it, they may differ depending on the complexity context. And this applies to many other practices as well and to many value streams in our organizations. So that's another trend. We will stop seeing processes as instructions. We will start more and more seeing processes as directions, not directives. That's, that's what I wanted to add as a trend. David, what are your thoughts on that? I, I was just gonna, if David, I don't know if you have anything else, but though, the one part about value streams that sticks out to me is the guiding principle of focus on value. And it gets back to what both of you all were saying is we have to have a common understanding of value so we know how what to work towards. And so, uh, but David, did you have any thoughts on what Roman was saying? Um, I totally agree uh, with Roman. Um, I, th I think I want to add something to that as well. Um, and that is, we should be wary of adding processes um, without very clear context around why we're adding them. Um, and I, I think that has that has a lot to do with, you know, with the fact that we're we're going more principle based than instruction based. And uh, you know, for example, uh, we have an organization that is going about its business and then some situation arises and someone says, well, we're going to have to do this again. We, we better create a process for it. So they do. 
and the process is documented and it's wonderful and it's executed and reported on frequently. Uh, and then someone comes into the organization and says, what's this process for? And somebody answers, uh, lucky, if you're lucky, you get somebody who knows where it came from and they'll tell you what it's, you know, where it came from. If you're not lucky, you'll just be told, well, this is something we do every month or every day or every time this happens or whatever the case is. Um, well, how does that relate to that process over there? Oh, no, I don't know. We don't get involved with that. And I, I think we're starting to see organizations really starting to realize that they have all kinds of processes and things happening in their organization that arose from somewhere, but nothing that really ties them all together to give the big picture on what these processes do and what kind of problems they're trying to solve. Um, and I think probably an easy way to think about it is to say, well, we're going to see organizations revisiting and re re uh, putting a new picture behind, if you like, their, uh, their operating models. So um, I think operating models have evolved over the last few years to in, in a way that was, I wouldn't say it wasn't controlled, but it, it was done in reaction to specific events by different groups or different people. And the reason for them happening just, just hasn't been pulled together into a single picture. So I, I think especially as we're starting to move more and more things into the cloud and we're starting to get more and more managed service providers coming in, it's going to be very important for us to articulate what our operating model is, how these different things all fit together and work, uh, what the value streams actually are, and how we support those value streams. And uh, I think that's I think that's going to be something that's going to be happening a lot more in, in the next couple of years. Jeffrey, I will. Uh, uh, you, you started this, so uh, I'll be <laughs> on. Uh, 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 that it's not only focusing on value, it's focusing on value and thinking and working holistically, starting where you are and progressing iteratively with feedback. And this is what you're like, the, the four, four, four out of seven principles that uh, are immediately come to mind if we think of uh, what David just described, when we start establishing a more holistic operating model in order to optimize and uh, uh, make more value-oriented uh, uh, value streams instead of just, you know, building our uh, over-detailed, over-complicated, fragmented and uh, disconnected uh, uh, areas of our, 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 I don't know, instructions uh, and scripts and uh, other strict rules for li little islands of order in the sea of chaos. And those are great thoughts. And even on that thought, Roman, as we close, I was thinking, what is value today may not be value tomorrow. And so we have to have an agile mindset that things will change and it's okay. And that's why we need that more of that working model, operating model, as David said, versus here's your instructions, just you know, go down the checklist kind of thought. Well, thank you guys for joining us these four weeks and uh, it's a great conversation. And I appreciate your willingness to share your knowledge with us always a pleasure thank you jeffrey yes and uh good to be good to talk with both of you again have a great week everyone